You're listening to From the Front Row with Letitia Cotto, a podcast for those who want to take center stage in their lives. I'm your MC and number one fan, Letitia Cotto, master life coach, motivational speaker, and Maven Mama. I'm here to show you how to love yourself into the life of your dreams by teaching you how to tap into your innate brilliance and worthiness. If you're ready to let go of what no longer serves you and step into the highest version of yourself, you're in the right place. Let's get it popping. Hey there, honey bunny. It's your girl, Letitia Cotto, and I'm coming at you live from the front row, teaching you how to love yourself into the life of your dreams. We are going to have a spectacular time today. You're going to have many tremendo aha moments, and then you're going to take those aha moments and implement them into your life in only the way that you can. I speak it, I believe it, and I receive it. Let's get our announcements and housekeeping out of the way. Number one, if you haven't joined the Honey Bunny Inner Circle, the HBIC, if you haven't joined yet, what are you waiting for? This is my personal invitation to you, yes you, to join my gorgeous gang of go-getters. You'll get access to my weekly newsletter, my resource library, the HBIC virtual book club, and even a free one-on-one 60-minute jam session with yours truly. Yep, that's right. And if you're already a member, thank you so much for your support. It means the world to me. Go on ahead and invite a friend of yours to join as well because there is power in numbers. Number two, if you haven't already, Download the worksheet for today's episode. You can take notes, figure out your next steps, and really explore what comes up for you during this episode. You can find that worksheet over at the podcast page for today's episode. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, I left the link in the summary description for today's episode. So please, please, please download your worksheet. Number three. Keep an open heart and an open mind. I say this every episode because that's really important to me. You know, you may hear things that you've heard before, things that you know, things that you've heard me say a million times, and that's a-okay. I really do believe that that is God's way of making sure that the wisdom gets to you right at the moment that you need it so that it can soak into every cell and every thought that you have. And also take everything I say with a grain of salt. I'm sharing with you things that I've learned, things uh, from my training. And if it works for you, amen. And if it doesn't, amen. This is absolutely your life. And I give you 100% permission to craft your beliefs, to construct your thoughts in a way that is authentic and loving to you. That is my priority. Uh, Number four. Today's episode is being recorded at Waco Work, Waco's first co-working space. So you may hear the sounds of mucho productivity in the background. People pop in and out all the time. And you know what? We just going to make it do what it do. If you hear something in the background, just say amen. Because that means somebody's here making their dreams come true. Number five. The title of today's episode is a lyric from the song Glamorous Life by Sheila E. 
And this song was actually written by the late, great Prince. Fantastic song. Add it to your playlist. Y'all know I be loving uh, those Spotify playlists, honey. All right, before I get into another, like, go off on a tangent, <laughs> let's go on ahead and get started with today's episode. And it's a pretty juicy one. So in today's episode, I share with you my thoughts on your numbers and the five-step process that I use to pay off more than $20,000 worth of financial debt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how this episode goes. I'm a little apprehensive about sharing this story, but I know that whenever I feel any type of internal resistance, that's God's way of saying, hey, you need to share this because somebody out there really needs to hear this. So I pray that y'all are blessed by um, this episode and that you know that you're not alone in any struggles that you may have. Okay, let me start off by asking you a question. If you're in Texas, it's, let me start off by asking you a question. Are you defining yourself by your numbers? Well, what numbers, Letitia? I'm glad you asked, honey bunny. I'm talking about your numbers. The number you see when you step on the scale. The number you see when you log into your online checking account. The number you see when you look at your GPA. And perhaps even the number of followers you have on Instagram. And speaking of which, are you following me yet? My handle is uh, uh, arroba. How do you say that in English? Arroba. At? I guess it's just at I am Letitia Cotto uh, is my handle. Follow me right now on Instagram. Hashtag do it better like right now. So how do you react when you see your numbers? Do you immediately launch into your go-to spiel about not having enough, not being enough, feeling like a fake? Do you bash your body and berate your mind, uh, berate yourself in your mind? Do you slip into a funk, unable to think of ways to get yourself out of the hole that you have dug? I totally get it because I've been there myself. And for me, it was my relationship with my money numbers. So back in 2010, I had negative money in my bank account and I was over $20,000 in debt. It was terrifying. It was mortifying. I was so embarrassed and it was utterly depressing. It was a symbol of how badly I had screwed up my life. And I believe it was in episode six, I, I shared about this particular time period in my life where it was just like everything just kind of exploded in my face um, and really set my life on a different path. And so this is just kind of expounding on the money piece of that story. And the, the crazy thing about it was I it wasn't even student loans uh, that I was in debt for. Uh, it was me not handling my money properly in a very expensive Miami market. And I own up to that. And, and I'm going to get into a lot of what I had to do to really um, forgive myself and to move forward in my life. You know, there were days where I couldn't look at myself in the mirror without bursting into tears. I didn't recognize the face staring back at me and I didn't know how to fix it. I just knew I needed to make some very profound changes. I could not continue the way that I had been living uh, in pretty much every single area of my life. 
And I now refer to this time period very lovingly as the Great Recession of Tish. So anytime you want to make a big change in your life, you really got to start first with your mind. And so for me, I had to completely reframe my relationship with my money numbers. So instead of taking the approach of a five-year-old child, like, you know how little kids, they'd be like, you know, they close their eyes and they declare, if you, if if I can't see you, you can't see me. Um, I had to take a real hard look at the consequences of my actions. I could no longer be that five-year-old child trying to ignore everything that was going on in my life. And so here's what I did. Number one, I had to figure out how much debt I was really in. I had to figure out how much debt I was really in. The reality is you cannot defeat what you refuse to face. I'm going to say that again. You cannot defeat what you refuse to face. As much as I didn't want to, I sat down with every single statement and I put together a list of what I owed, who I owed, interest rates, uh, payment due dates, everything. It wasn't fun and I cringed during the entire process and I wanted to just stop and run and hide, but I stuck with it and I got through it. And I also had to take ownership of my finances. You know, no more not checking my bank account because I was dreading what I'd see. No more ignoring what was going on because I was ashamed. You know, I had to put on my big girl panties and face the debt that I was in. And I had to start keeping track of everything. And I had to understand the implications of my debt, you know, especially when it came to like the different interest rates on my credit cards. For so long, I was like, oh, I don't really understand the the concept, the APR, this and that. I don't understand how that affects everything. I used that excuse. And so I got to a point was like, yo, I can't use this excuse no more. Like I have to learn about this. I got to do something about this. So again, my first step was I had to figure out, um, and make a, an accounting of everything that I owed. Number two, I chose to thank my debt. I chose to thank my debt. Now, I know somebody out there is probably like, Letitia, WTF? Well, here, let me explain to you my reasoning. So instead of feeling down about being in debt, I chose to thank my debt because in reality, it had kept my belly fed, my body clothed, my car filled with gas, so on and so forth. So by reframing the way I viewed the debt, I could little by little start to heal my relationship with money and my relationship with myself. You know, Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better. And that's what I would tell myself that I was young and naive when I had made those mistakes. And now I was older and wiser and it was time to do better. And it was a painful lesson. It was hard. I'm not going to lie. But I did learn from it. And it wasn't easy to stop complaining about my debt. You know, I had this internal dialogue like, man, I can't believe I owe all this money. I should be saving this money. I should be investing this money. Uh, It was like a nonstop inner voice inside my head that picked apart and complained about everything related to money. 
And I think the reality is most of us in some way, shape or form bitch about, you know, paying the bills, you know, what um, monthly payments we have to make this and that instead of really reframing the whole thing and truly being grateful for what our debt has afforded us and for being able to pay even the smallest amount. Like even if you just pay in the minimum on your credit card payments, on your student loans, that is still money that's coming in that you're able to apply to your debt. And so that is an amount to be very grateful for because there's people out there who don't have jobs, right? And I'm going to tell you, a big part of your success in life can be attributed to your attitude, especially in the face of obstacles. Uh, You know what? I'm going to say that again. A big part of your success in life can be attributed to your attitude, especially in the face of obstacles. You know, sure, you can bitch, you can whine and bemoan it, but that just takes a crappy situation and it makes it worse right? It's just a yucky energy in a situation that is already pretty nasty to begin with. So instead of taking that approach, can you find a silver lining and just put all of your focus on that, on that silver lining? So for me, every time fear and anxiety would well up inside of me, which was a lot, I had to remind myself that I wasn't ignoring the problem anymore like I had in the past. You know, I had a plan in place and I was determined to get out of debt. You know, more importantly, I had to remind myself over and over and over again that I am a child of God and that his eye is on the sparrow and I know he's watching me. Anybody ever watch Sister Act 2? All right, let me... Stay on topic, Letitia. Okay. I know that his eye is on a sparrow and I know that he's watching over me. And I knew that ultimately God would do what I could not. And I knew that I was committed to my financial plan and that no matter how long it took, I was going to make it happen. And I had to encourage myself and continually remind myself that I was doing the best that I could and that I was implementing a new, more empowered approach as opposed to the old approach that got me in debt in the first place. And y'all, I I tell y'all, I had to repeat all of that to myself daily and sometimes every hour on the hour so that I wouldn't crawl up into a ball of tears and anxiety and defeat. I had to be really vigilant with my thoughts because I knew that it was super easy for me to mentally bash myself and that that wouldn't help me. You know, it's really hard to think of solutions and to be proactive and make progress if you're already beating yourself up and you're already feeling defeated in your own mind. So again, uh, number two, I chose to thank my debt. I chose to reframe the way that I was looking at the whole situation. And number three, I had to decide that I wasn't going to let my mistakes define me. I had to decide that I wasn't going to let my mistakes define me. I knew that what really mattered was getting back up. It's not falling down. It's, it's are you going to stay down or are you going to get back up? 
And I decided not to beat myself up over the choices that I made in the past because me beating myself up was not going to change anything, right? And so every time I started to mentally bash myself for putting myself in that predicament, I reminded myself that I was actively, conscientiously choosing to forgive myself and I was choosing to start again. And I had to remind myself, yo, God hasn't given up on you, so you can't give up on yourself. And again, this was a daily, sometime, sometimes hourly dialogue I was engaged in because I felt so overwhelmed by the stack of bills that I was on the hook for. You know, I felt like I was both the boxer and the boxing coach. You know, the boxing coach at the end of each round encourages the boxer, get back out there, you know, keep your keep your left up, you know, hit him with the jab and then you want to go in with the uppercut and you want to finish him. Um, I had to give myself like those kind of pep talks daily, like stay in it, give it your all, Letitia, for one more round. And it was a day by day, moment by moment. A struggle for me where I I felt there were many days I felt like I was taking a beating in the ring and I and I said you know what I'm not gonna give up and I had to decide that I wasn't gonna let my mistakes define me that I was gonna get back up that I was gonna forgive myself and that I was gonna keep coming back at it and number four I took small actions every single day especially when I didn't want to. And that was a lot of the time. So I called each and every credit card company and I let them know what was going on. And as hard as it was, I had to call my mom and ask for money. And it was the first and only time in my life that I've ever asked her for like any amount over $100. Um, I really do not like to ask my mama for money. And I'll never forget how hard it was for me to even utter the words. Like I was on the phone. She was in Texas. I was in in Florida. And I broke down into sobs and I scared the crap out of her. She's like, Miha, what's wrong? Miha, what's wrong? And I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. Um, That was so hard for me to do to ask for help. And I know that for some of y'all out there, asking for help is, is very hard to do. Uh, for a multitude of reasons. Um, I also took my job search seriously. You know, I set a daily goal for submitted applications. I hit up my network. I started learning about the job search process. And, you know, when I finally found my job as a career development coach, I set up a budget and I stuck to that thing like glue, honey. I was Yonsei all on his budget like liquor. That did not land the way that I was hoping. You know, Yonsei all on his mouth like, yeah, that didn't land, did it? That's okay. But what I'm saying is, is that when I got the job, I had a budget. I was not deviating from that budget. That meant eating at home. That meant, you know, everybody going out to the club. I'm staying at home. You know, I'm I'm going to the library instead of buying books. For me, I, I love books. And so it was like, nah, I'm just going to go check this out from the library or the library, as, as some people call it. Um, I started to learn money management techniques. 
So my dear friend Becky let me borrow her copy of Dave Ramsey's The Total Money Makeover. And I will leave a link to this book uh, on the podcast page for today's episode so you can check it out. And I read it cover to cover. And little by little, I started implementing the plan that he lays out in the book. And I loved how throughout the entire book, I think even at the bottom of each page, you know, was written, uh, live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. That really resonated with me. Like, do what you need to do now to get to a place where you are, you know, not doing the the day-to-day struggle anymore. That really resonated with me. So again... I had to take small actions every single day, especially when I didn't want to. And number five, I surrendered to God. There's nothing like challenges to make you remember how much you need God. I prayed, I meditated, I read, and I reconnected. And looking back now at this time in my life, I realized that the whole situation really re-sparked my relationship with God and it set me on a different path, you know, and that path has led me here to this very moment where I'm sharing with you how I got through a pretty painful and embarrassing um, part of my life. Let me tell you something about surrender. It is not a one and done type of thing. So you're not going to just wake up, you know, tomorrow morning and say, dear Lord, I surrender. And then that's it. Right. And then you never have to surrender again. No, it literally is a daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes moment by moment by moment process. When I found myself, you know, working myself into a frenzy about getting out of debt And that happens quite a lot because I am prone to anxiety and insomnia. And there would be nights I would just be like up looking at the ceiling, replaying the past in my mind, worrying about the future. Um, I would have to stop that internal dialogue that's spinning my mental wheels in the mud. And I would have to surrender to God all over again. So I prayed a lot. And I had to focus, I had to put my focus on God's power instead of lamenting, um, lamenting my money problems. You know, it was a really, it was a very mental process. And it taught me that success always begins first on a thought level. Because if you, and and that's why I love Joel Osteen, um, because he talks a lot about you know, what, what's going on in your mind? What thoughts are you thinking? Because if you are thinking defeated thoughts, you cannot live a successful life. You know, um, I I believe somewhere in the Bible, it says you always know a tree by its fruit and you won't see an apple tree, uh, bear oranges, you know, or bear whatever other fruit, an apple tree is going to bear apples. And so, successful trees, (laughs) bear with me, successful trees bear success. You cannot have a defeated tree bear success. Just, just stay with me, keep it loose. And and you know what I'm saying? So although it was a hard time in my life, I now understand why I had to go through it. You know, I had to learn that my self-worth 
was not based on my numbers. I had to learn how to manage my money better. I had to learn how to ask for help and to accept it. I had to examine my beliefs about money and start the healing process. And I had to get into alignment with God. And I had to have faith that God was with me and that I was capable of getting out of this ugly hole that I had gotten myself into. In essence, I had to change the relationship I had with my numbers. And it wasn't something that happened overnight. It took me almost three years to get out of debt. Uh, But I did it. Yes, I did. Amen. I did it. It wasn't easy, but it did teach me a lot. And it showed me that I am strong enough that I can make a commitment, that I can dig my heels into the ground and say, no mas. It's a new day and we're going to do things differently and I'm going to stick with it. And I learned that I can absolutely do that. And I share this story and I share this process with you because perhaps it's time to reframe your relationship with numbers. And perhaps it's time for you to show up and take a different action and to think different thoughts about whatever relationship you may have with your numbers. So for example, if you're struggling with the numbers that you see when you step on the scale, consider that you're being given an opportunity to love your body just as it is. And you're being given the opportunity to see how strong you are and how strong your body really is by committing to a healthy diet and exercise regimen. You know, if it's your GPA, um, that you're struggling with, perhaps it's time to consider that your intelligence could never really be measured by conventional standards. And maybe it's time for you to reach out to your classmate for some one-on-one tutoring um, or talk to your professor and ask for some best practices. A lot of times we don't want to reach out and ask for help because we're ashamed and we feel like we should be doing it all on our own. Uh, newsflash, life isn't like that. If you can get help, get the help, okay? Or if it's the amount of followers that you have on social media, especially if you're trying to like build your business, I want you to remember that Jesus had 12 followers. He didn't have 12 million and he didn't need no 12 million. And look what he was able to accomplish uh, in his life. And look how he was able to fulfill his purpose. Um, So I just want you to keep that in mind that whatever your current relationship with uh, your numbers is, that you can absolutely reframe it and you can absolutely take new action. Honey Bunny, there is no number that could ever encapsulate your worth. I repeat, there is no number that could ever encapsulate your worth. I hope that you will always remember that. You know, it's so easy to use our numbers as another reason to engage in self-loathing, but self-loathing serves no one, least of all you. You cannot be creative and you cannot think of solutions if you're too busy using your numbers as a confirmation of your unworthiness. Accept your numbers. Create a plan to help you change them if need be. 
And above all, resolve to love yourself through the entire process because that's what's important and that's what's going to be a game changer for you. Loving yourself through the entire process. Now it's your turn. Leave a comment on the podcast page for today's episode and tell me more about your relationship with your numbers. How can you reframe this relationship today? I'm cheering for you. Like you finally paid back the $700 you owed your amazing friend, Julie, after about four years. I love you, Julie. I will never forget how you helped me when I was down. From the front row, Letitia. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for rocking with me today. Make sure and subscribe so that you don't miss out on all this goodness. If you love this episode, leave a glowing review on iTunes and share with a friend. Don't forget, the show don't stop here, honey bunny. Join me over at LetitiaCotto.com or find me on Instagram and Pinterest at I am Letitia Cotto. You'll find uplifting quotes, life-changing tips and tricks, and a whole lot of inspiration. It's an honor to support you from the front row.